Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Coming up, we have stories about distracting bar patrons, wedding date dilemmas, overreaching dads, family money disputes, neglectful parents, Christmas Gift drama, of course, spicy and cake reward stories fresh from the holidays. Am I the astronaut because I changed seats at the bar so I wouldn't be distracted by a half-naked woman? I, 57 male, and my significant other at the time, 57 female, were out late one Saturday evening having dinner at the bar of a nice restaurant. Just after we had gotten our drinks and put in our food order, a young woman entered the bar, choosing a seat that was directly in my line of sight. When I'd be talking face-to-face with my girlfriend, this other woman was right there. This other woman was dressed to the nines. Her obviously engineered body parts were barely covered by some uh, silky and shiny material, revealing an abundance of side boob and cleavage. I am well aware of my limitations. I am often easily distracted. Unless I am at a bar to watch a sporting event, I will try to avoid sitting or standing where a television will be in my line of sight. Doing so helps me keep my attention where it belongs, i.e. on the person or people I am with and whose company I am there to enjoy. In this specific instance, there were also alarm bells sounding DEFCON 2 because any man caught looking or thought to be looking at this woman's breasts would have to answer to the woman they were with. With all of that in mind, I asked my girlfriend if she would... If she would mind changing seats and taking the seat on her other side in doing so, my back would then be to this half naked woman. I figured removing temptation and thereby avoiding any problems was the best course of action. Uh, we're going to go ahead and hit some red flags right now. There, there are a, uh, there are multiple problems to discuss here, but let's let's press on, shall we? Well, at least I thought that this was the right thing to do. Well, it became readily apparent that girlfriend thought that this would not be the right thing to do. The girlfriend immediately asked me why and was quite upset that I had asked. I responded that I was uncomfortable with the current situation and that I thought it would make everything easier if I just changed seats. Well, that was not the answer that she wanted to hear. The conversation went south immediately. We ended up taking our food to go when it arrived, quickly paid, dropped off girlfriend to her home, and girlfriend didn't want to see me for the rest of the weekend. Confused, I asked my mom and stepsister what I was supposed to have done and why the girlfriend responded the way that she did. Mom thought I had done the right thing. My stepfather, a Marine who was always willing to jump into the breach, asked why I felt like I had to move in the first place. As far as dad was concerned, I should have enjoyed the show since it was free and for all to see. Okay, thanks. Thanks, dad. That was a that was very helpful advice. And if the girlfriend had a problem with it, I should have told her that I'm a man and she wouldn't understand. (laughs) Thanks for your very helpful advice, dad. While this was my first instinct, I'm also aware that this tactic never ends well. Had I chosen that course of action, I probably would have also given the other woman five dollars on my way out and thanked her for the show. Okay, I'm going to run out of red flags here on the first story. At least maybe then I could have exited the situation with a shred of my dignity intact. That would have done it? That, that, that would have saved it? My stepsister, after she finished rolling on the floor laughing, 
explained that the girlfriend's reaction was likely extreme disappointment in me because I had expressed that I lacked the self-control to avoid looking at a half-naked woman. Apparently, I am expected to have sufficient self-control to never even look, even if it is right in front of my face. Sis also told me that there was no good outcome in this situation, which was only compounded by a well-known character flaw of mine. Was this a Kobayashi Maru? Was it incumbent on me to sit there and never look at the other woman, even if she was only five degrees to the left of my girlfriend's face? Or am I the astronaut for thinking it might be a good idea to change seats? Okay, we are going to... <laughs> we're going to get into this. Um, this is a follower submission, by the way. So, so rather than immediately roast everything that's going on here um i i think we can use this as a teaching moment i really want to focus on on bringing to light the problems here that so you can become aware of them and hopefully improve on them now there are a number of problems that we need to cover here the first one that i would like to address to you because i think it's going to be the easiest for you to change is is you got yourself in trouble here when you brought it up to your girlfriend right you thought that bringing this up was like the chivalrous right thing to do. It's not. Um, your sister here was 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 right. You, by bringing it up, called it to your girlfriend's attention, which let her know that it had your attention. And yes, showed her that that you didn't have uh, the strength to control your eyes or control yourself from getting distracted there. So you you did that to yourself. You got yourself into trouble there. Here's the second and bigger problem that is going to be much more difficult for you to change, but. It is almost 2024 now. It is not okay to objectify women the way that you've done here. You're, you're, there's a filter that happens between the things that you think and the things that you say or type or, or bring into existence in the world. And I think your filter probably needs a firmware upgrade to, to get current with uh, with the almost 2024 situation that we're at here, because although you have have tendencies and you have habits and, and you may be the way that you are, um, it, it is necessary to grow. It is necessary to to adapt and it's necessary to respect other people, especially if you're out there dating, like if you're out there dating, then it is it is even more important that you, it's important you do this anyway, but it is important that you do this because because you offended your girlfriend here by letting your your outdated filter run the show here and say the things. And even what you've written here, it's like it's your your dad's not doing you any favors, by the way. Just don't take dad's advice here. If you're if you're trying to be successful in the dating world or not offend people uh, or become current here, it's don't listen to dad's advice. That's not helpful. It's really not helpful. The way that you talked about this woman was extremely objectifying, almost like she was just a decoration that was there purely, purely for your enjoyment. And I'm sure you can see how this is how this is a problem. Um, so, yeah, you you need to be able to have self-control. You need to be able to to control your filter and prevent things that that could potentially get you into trouble here. The, not just not speaking them out into the world that will get you into trouble, but the filter is also there to self-teach and self-improve so that you can say, wait a second, um, is this potentially harmful? Why is it potentially harmful? Um, how can I react to this differently? How should I be seeing this thing differently? This this is what I mean by by a teaching moment. This is a way that you can self-improve and you can start some behavior modification here. It is going to be necessary. You're going to have to change some things about the way that you react. And you can say, well, I'm just a man or, or this is just the way that I am or whatever. But that's also just being resistant to change. This has got to change. This is 
there are a lot of problems here. And and I think you're going to have a really hard time finding a significant other that is just going to accept that that's just the way that you are. There's got to be some growth here. There's got to be some growth that comes out of this. Um, now, going back to the first point that I made to you, you got yourself in trouble by bringing it up in the first place. If you were trying to solve this problem for yourself and remove remove the threat that you thought might get you into trouble, which shouldn't, and that's the bigger issue that needs to be worked on. But if you wanted to remove the threat in that case, you would have had to find a way to change positions here without bringing it up with maybe being like, hey, would you like to move to a table? Would you Something. Something that didn't wave a flag in the air and say, I can't not look at boobies. Please, let's move somewhere. Because that's essentially what you did. You just showed showed weakness, showed some some of your misogynistic side here. And, show, you know, it's it's not it's not a great look. It's not a great, great look. I think that the biggest thing, the biggest takeaway here and the biggest lesson that you need to pull from this is that that you do have a filter. We can all update our filters and your filter is in desperate need of an update, man. Um, not just for your dating success in the future, but for societal function and to become a better human being. It's, it is in desperate need of an update. OP, you're pretty easy to roast in this situation. I'm not going to lie. Like it's, if you, if this wasn't a follower submission, you would probably be roasted a hell of a lot more. But the fact that this is a follower submission leans me toward trying to use it as a teaching moment rather than roast you, because I think you can come out of this and really grow as a person. And I think you're going to be happy, happier with life when you do. Am I the Askinaut for not being able to stay at my son's wedding? My son, male 24, is now married to Eve, female 24, question mark. Ooh, she doesn't know. She don't know. That's timely, given the current conversation. They're recently married and their wedding has caused some tension in my family. Let me begin by saying that I work in the securities industry and work gets very hectic for us in the first few weeks of each quarter. I love my family, of course, but it's been an unspoken rule with us that for those few weeks, I'm always working and always busy. So it's best to plan around me, so to speak. Eve and my son planned their wedding for October 20th, smack dab in the middle of my busiest season. I was disappointed in my son and told him to change the date, if possible, so that I could attend more easily. He said they had already booked the venue, and in all honesty, I was disappointed in him. I expected some kind of say in their decision, or at least a heads up. Fast forward some months, and it's the week before the wedding. I informed my son that I unfortunately won't be able to stay for the whole thing. I told him, honestly, that I'd love to stay for the ceremony, but that with work and all, that I won't be able to stay for the reception. To say he flipped his lid would be a severe understatement. He asked if I was seriously planning to skip his wedding. I corrected him and told him that I would only be skipping the reception, a.k.a. the party. He said it was still his wedding and that he really wanted me to be there. I told him I understood, but he knows how busy I get around that time and that he should have known this could happen when he booked the venue. He said, do whatever you want, and I took that as his acceptance. That doesn't sound like an acceptance to me. That's like saying fine. 
The wedding was great and I heard the party was fun. Fast forward to now, my son has been deliberately ignoring me or being short with me whenever we talk and I obviously attribute this to his feelings about my actions. I asked him about this the other day and he asked me if I really expected him to not be upset after I skipped his wedding. I pointed out that he told me to do whatever I want and then I did and that I'd be well within my rights to actually skip his wedding based on his comments. He's completely ignoring me now. I talked to my wife about it and she got extremely angry as well, telling me that she thinks he's right and I royally messed up. What do you think? Am I the astronaut here or are they overreacting over something they knew would happen? I don't know what you guys think, but when any of our kids get married, the world will stop spinning. I don't care what is going on. We will not have a live stream that day. I guarantee it. Like, it doesn't matter what's going on with work. People will stream from the wedding. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to it. Yes, I am. We wouldn't do that. It's, I, I think what you did here, OP, was say that, say that there are times when work trumps my family. Even if your child is a grown ass person who's getting married, you're saying work is more important than you. There's no way that during that time, there isn't somebody that could cover something for you to make it a little bit easier. I get the I get the vibe here from OP that they're a workaholic and that's OK. So am I. But there's got to be a time where you say time out. This is more important. And I'm only a workaholic so that I so that I can have freedom to do things with my family and to prevent idle hands, that kind of thing. But. I think this was a big screw up. I really think it was. And to hell with the, it's always been this way. They should have known better. You weren't their first priority when planning their wedding. You're not supposed to be. It's not your wedding. Now, some consideration or a heads up ahead of time to be like, hey, plan ahead. You're going to need to find somebody to cover your shit during this time would have been nice. I get that. That would have been cool. But when, how far ahead did you find this out? I don't know. Fast forward some months and it's the week before the wedding. You had months. You had months to prepare, OP. Months to get somebody to cover your shit. Months to work ahead to figure out a way that you wouldn't have to sacrifice this time. Are you telling me that you couldn't find an extra hour to be there for the reception of your child's wedding because of work when you had months to prepare and figure out how to make it work? I'm sorry. That's horseshit. It is horseshit. It was an excuse. You didn't try. You were offended because they didn't work around you for their own damn wedding. And I think you screwed up. I think you screwed up royally. I understand your justification here, but it's not good enough. All you did was reinforce to your child that work is more important. Also, when your kid said, do what you want, and you took that as, okay, I'll do what I want. And based on those comments, I could have not even gone to the wedding. You're then saying that you didn't want to go to the wedding. You said what I want is to not be at the reception. I'd rather be at work. You know what I like to do so I don't have to sacrifice family time? I'd rather sacrifice sleep. Are you telling me that you couldn't stay up an hour later that night to be able to stay for the whole thing? This is bullshit. Liar, liar. Pants on fire. Where shall we put Opie on the ASCON scale here? It was definitely an asshole thing to do. I think at minimum, it's a two. At minimum, it's a two. I think that... Uh, I think the fact that they carried through with this and where it pivots to a one for me is this, which, yes, I'm putting them at a one. I think they're a terrible for person for doing this and they don't even know it. I think where they pivoted to a one for me was when they said 
you said do what you want, so that's what I did. And based on that, I could have not even gone to the wedding. Okay, well, right then, you said you didn't want to go to your own child's wedding. That's where it pivoted to a one for me. And using the do what you want is not acceptance. It is, you're going to do what you want anyway. It's going to hurt. What control do I have? If somebody says, do what you want, the way that that OP's child said it to them here, it does not mean, yes, I am happy and accepting of this situation. Now, I have a different version of do what you want. I, I think it's like a, a life mantra, do what you want. But it is not, doesn't mean, it doesn't mean what it means here. When I say do what you want, it means your actions should align with your goals. And that's kind of what OP did here. But OP's goals are work, 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 work. And family comes in somewhere way down the line. This is from AITAH subreddit and is titled, Am I the Askonaut for telling my daughter's boyfriend that she was cheating? Oh, snap. I, 36 male, divorced my wife, 36 female, a few months ago as she cheated on me with another man and she took our kids with her. I have two sons and a daughter, Nick, 16-year-old, Mikhail, 14-year-old, and Haley, 15-year-old. My eldest son, Nick, passed away due to an overdose. Damn, that's terrible. Mikhail and Haley visit me often. They've always preferred me over their mother. Haley sometimes likes to stay the night and bring her friends or her boyfriend, Han, 16, 16 male over and I don't mind it. Recently, I've been noticing her texting someone more often and giggling at her phone. I didn't question it since I thought it was most likely her boyfriend. I decided to ask her one day and she told me it was one of her friends named Michael. I didn't really question any further after she said that it was a friend, but I was a little suspicious. Haley has never hidden anything from me. She's always open and outgoing with me. One day, she invited both Michael and Han over, along with a few other friends over to my place. Mikhail was in my room with me and we were just chatting while I was folding laundry. I felt like asking Mikhail if he knew anything about Haley and Michael, since she was really touchy with Michael whenever they were together alone. I've seen them cuddling. I let my curiosity get the best of me, and I asked Mikhail about them. Mikhail froze for a moment and looked me dead in the eyes. He asked me to promise not to tell Haley or Han about this. I promised him, and he told me that Haley and Michael are in a relationship. Haley didn't want Han to find out, and she and Michael had a deal to act like friends around Han. This is so confusing. Han's family was wealthy and Han gets Haley nice gifts really often. And that's why Haley didn't break up with him. Hearing all this made me really upset with Haley. I didn't expect that from her. I felt the urge to tell Han about this, although I was having second thoughts because he might get extremely heartbroken and there would be drama. But if this continues, it would lead to something much worse. I asked my son, Mikhail, if he has any evidence to back this up, and he said there were pictures of Haley and Michael on her laptop. I went into Haley's room since she was distracted downstairs. Her laptop was on her desk. I knew it was wrong to look through her personal things, but I had to do this before I confronted her about anything. I looked through her pictures and did manage to find a few pictures that would give it away that Haley and Michael were together. I transferred those pictures to my phone. After Haley's friends left, I didn't have any second thoughts. I told her we needed to talk and sat her down. I told her that I'm suspicious that she and Michael are together and she's cheating on Han. She flatly denied it. I was disappointed. Later that night, I decided to text Han. I had his number because Haley lost her phone once and she texted him through mine. I sent him the pictures and told him about Michael and her. He didn't respond, but viewed the message. The next morning, he came over and Haley was crying her eyes out. I knew what happened. She ran to me and hugged me. 
This gave me the clue that Han hadn't told her that I was the one who told him about it. Haley was crying and sobbing and told me that Han wanted to break up with her. I asked Han why. He gave me a smile and said that it wasn't working out between them. He thanked me before leaving. I still feel terrible about what I did, but it had to be done. Am I the astronaut? Edit. I had a long talk with her after this. I told her the truth and everything that had happened. Mikhail didn't take it to heart and things are fine with him. Though we did get a little upset, but Haley said I ruined her relationship. She learned her lesson. I do agree with people who said I was the asshole. I shouldn't have done that. I did that as she was taking the same steps as my wife, and I know it was wrong. Well, that's a little heavy. Um, that's a little. That's that's a little heavy. This 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 is this is rough. This kind of situation, I feel like, I feel like you have to use as a parent as a teaching opportunity, right? I feel like. I feel like meddling directly in their relationship isn't the right thing to do. What is your goal here, OP? I understand that you had a personal experience here that that shaped your your response to this and that you know that was wrong. Yes, it was wrong, but I feel like I feel like you have to identify what your goal here is and if as a parent your goal is to make your child realize that this is wrong, like ending things for her didn't teach her anything about this being wrong. She didn't get she didn't she didn't experience pain because she did what she did. The fact that Han just said that that things weren't working out between them and didn't relate it to her cheating on him at all means that she didn't learn a lesson related to cheating at all. She just experienced some unrelated pain here. So even the lesson you were trying to teach her did not work. I don't understand what your goal was here. For me, I feel like I feel like in this position, if I knew something like this was happening, it would be a serious conversation and it would be like, look. I need you to understand that this is what this looks like and this is what this feels like. And if this is the case, you don't have to confirm or deny anything to me, but I want you to understand why it's wrong. I want you to understand the risks. I want you to understand the scars on your heart that this will leave behind. I want you to understand how this can change you as a person. I want you to understand how making the right choice right now will help you become a better person. Understand the paths that are ahead of you and understand how the choices that you make will lead you down one or the other. That, I feel like, is the role that OP wanted to play here and help his child from becoming a a bad person. But it was a swing and a miss by meddling directly, which led to pain that was un uh, it was unassociated pain. I don't feel like she learned any kind of lesson here. And when you did come clean about it, now she's just mad at you. I feel like. I feel like you swung and missed three times in a row here, man. You struck out. Being a parent is tough, especially when you see your kids doing something that you know is wrong and you can try to convince them and you can try to talk to them about it. But at the end of the day, they got to make their own stupid choices or they're never going to learn. If you do not let them make their own choices and fail, they're not going to learn how to avoid that in the future. They're not going to learn how to pick themselves back up. It is so tough and yeah this was this was a personal experience for him he made it about him because he didn't want what he went through someone else to go through and in the process missed a huge opportunity to share something or to to teach here Am I the astronaut for insisting my niece pays for my daughter's surgery? 
My niece, Andy's 19 baby, 15 months, grabbed a hold of my daughter Kayla's 13 earring at Christmas and ripped it completely out. Okay, I'm so confused. So the niece is Andy, has a 15-month-old baby who grabbed a hold of an earring and ripped it out. The earlobe requires plastic surgery to fix to look nice again. It was quoted for around $2,000 in the ER, but the nurse said she couldn't give me an exact quote and gave me some recommendations for plastic surgeons. The ER trip was a nightmare on Christmas, and it was a two-hour wait while my daughter was in pain. The whole time I was waiting in there, my sister or Andy didn't bother texting my daughter or me to apologize or to even see how she was. My husband, my daughter, and I are so mad at them, I want to take Andy to court if she doesn't pay for the surgery. The surgery would be considered elective because our insurance has labeled it as cosmetic and it will come out of our pockets. Andy said she can't afford to pay for the surgery, even though her baby just walked up to my daughter unexpectedly and ripped the earrings out of her ear. They said it was an accident and things like that happen. I have three children and none of them have ever done something like that. And I would be embarrassed if they did and I would apologize and offer to pay. My sister called me a biatch for even suggesting Andy pay because Andy is saving up to move out. I don't think my request for money is unreasonable, but Andy and my sister have blocked me from texting and my husband is insisting if we are forced to go to small claims, he wants pain and suffering added to the surgery bill because my daughter's ear hurts so much and Andy never once expressed concerns over Kay's injury. Am I the ass cannot? This I feel like there are some different different sides to this. 19-year-old would have been holding the baby. 15-month-old? I mean, 15-month-old, they can, they can run around at that time. Um, so the daughter, my niece, Andy, 19, baby. So 19-year-old. So the 13-year-old is the one who had the earring ripped out. Um, I, we've read other stories before where, where we've talked about kids who cause intentional damage to things and parents being liable. And I do believe that there, there was a story about, um, you know, a teenage girl who dumped paint on, on their aunt's, uh, really expensive looking coat to film it, to make content and like ruined a, a, a multi-thousand dollar coat on purpose. That's a different kind of thing. I feel like this, I mean, this is an accident. There's gotta be some kind of middle ground here, right? Like as a parent, if, 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 Navy Thunder walked over and ripped somebody's earring out. I would feel terrible about it. I would want to help in some way, but it's also an accident being willing to take somebody to small claims court, which, by the way, I feel like if you got to the point where you tried to take this to small claims court, I don't feel like I don't feel like you would have a case. I feel like if you tried to take this to court and and especially when you tried adding on adding on pain and suffering, a judge is going to look like look at that and be like, OK, uh, this this is. This is a money grab. That's what that's what adding on pain and suffering for this feels like. My mom got her earring ripped out uh, whenever I, I, we must have been kids. We called it her hamster butt for a long time. Um, she used super glue to keep it back together for like years and years and probably still has it that way. Uh, I don't know. It was the first thing that came to mind. But I mean, it, it was an accident. Now, them them not being concerned at all and being like hey how's she doing them not reaching out at all yes that sucks but at the end of the day it is still an accident i don't think you're gonna have any kind of legal case here if they it'd be great if they offered to help out in some way if they could um but it sounds like they're not in a position to be able to to offer anything like that so i don't know what you expect to happen here but but i don't feel like i don't feel like you're gonna have a case if you try to take this thing to court candy thunder i want to get your thoughts here come on over what would you do uh, I actually have a scar on my face. I know you can't really see it because of the lights, but it's right here. Um, and our insurance company said they wouldn't pay because it had they had to do plastic surgery to repair it. 
But at once they found out that it was an accident and what happened, um, the insurance company paid for it completely. So I feel like this guy is really embellishing that the insurance company wouldn't pay for something that was an accident. They went to the emergency room. They have evidence of what happened. So it is an accident. And you can't sue for pain and suffering in small claims court. So uh, Okay, so... So what happened with you is 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 a likely path here too, right? Where where it was probably after you went and saw a specialist, uh, or got yeah. So the emergency room doctor sewed it up, and it caused more damage from the way that he sewed it up from the original thing. Like so, they had to go in and right. fix what he did. Right. Basically. Okay. So, but but the ER, which it sounds like is all they've seen here, right? They aren't able to give you any kind of further information about that. Somebody who is a specialist, right. in this case, probably a plastic surgeon. Um, they they would be able to to preface this as an accident and probably and probably get at least some kind of insurance help on it. it and again, it would be great if if uh, if they were in a position to be able like, hey, we'd like to help pay what we can. But it's I, I don't yeah. know that that's possible for well, them and for, for them to say an ER no- nurse quoted me how much this would cost. I don't think there's any ER nurse out there that's going to say this is going to be $2,000 because that ER nurse has no idea how much it's going to cost to have surgery, anesthesia. It's like it, no one's going to know how much it's going to cost to have all that. So I've I've never had anyone at a hospital quote me anything unless I talked to somebody that was in that department. You This whole thing seems embellished. You make to a really extreme. you make a really good point here. And and that is if if they took the even if this this ER nurse threw out a ballpark number, it's like right. probably around this. The fact that OP used that number to yep. ask to ask for right. reimbursement on, or ask the the other party to pay with, and then is talking about pain and suffering on top of it, it feels like a money grab, right? Mm-hmm. If this were a if this were a hey, we're gonna would really appreciate some help here or something like that, it would be a different kind of thing. But but there are too many signals in here that make it feel like a money grab, um, and and that's. That's where it gets weird. It's not like, hey, it was an accident. Um, this is the path we're going to have to take. If there's any way you can, you guys can help, uh, we would really, really appreciate that. It is just like we expect you to pay the whole damn thing. Um, and I mean, you are responsible for your children if they do yeah. if they do damage. But I don't know. I don't know how this would, would be treated. Uh, I would just like to know how OP responded whenever he, whenever this happened. He or she. I don't know which one OP is, but. Um, Whenever this happened, I it feels like this that OP probably went apeshit crazy, and there may be a when reason why they didn't reach out based on OP's reaction to this situation. If if this was Navy when she was 15 months and she ripped out someone's earring and it caused harm, I would be overly apologetic, and I probably would offer to pay and help for what insurance didn't cover. But this guy sounds like he's full of BS to me. It's. I mean, this was a baby that did this. Fifteen months as a baby. The baby didn't intentionally go up to someone and be like, "Hey, B, let me pull uh-huh. your earring out and cause you." Let me get that pain and suffering and harm and distress. You look like you need a hamster butt. Come I want to make sure you have cosmetic surgery. Yeah, no, there's no freaking way. So for the this guy sounds like he's causing his own pain and suffering by being an absolute asshole about the whole situation. That's just that's my take. I, I know people feel differently, but that's just how I feel. You you make a lot of good points that um, that I hadn't thought of. And, and yeah, the, there are just that many more signals here that make it feel like a money grab. Now, hopefully, I, you know, it's a 13-year-old girl. I know 
I know it would suck to have to have that. For uh, sure. And, and, and hopefully when they yeah. see a specialist, they'll be able to get insurance to cover it because it, <laughs> you know, it's not just cosmetic. It was it was actually damaged. So it's it's repair at this point. Um, and hopefully they are able to get some kind of coverage from it that way. Hey, am I the astronaut for buying baby related gifts to gift my pregnant girlfriend for Christmas? Um, like baby shower things. So my 25 male partner, 24 female is seven months pregnant with our baby boy due in March next year. Now I'm admittedly bad at thinking of what gifts to get people. You're a Johnny Rose. So I always take a note of when they say they want something so that I have a list. In the past several months, though, almost everything that she's mentioned has been related to the baby. I'm not talking about the essentials, but really high-end, expensive designer strollers, furniture, diaper bags, etc. that can cost up to a few thousand dollars each that aren't really necessary. She's been absolutely fixated on some of these things, mentioning multiple times how much she wanted them, and was even toying with the idea of saving up to buy them herself. I'm not sure if she did decide to or not. Now, I got a really healthy bonus at work recently, so I decided to splurge on a few of the things she mentioned as a Christmas gift to her. I made sure to remove anything related off her registry and off of our list of things that we still need to buy so that no one else would buy them. I thought I did it discreetly, but somehow she noticed and quizzed me about it. I didn't feel like there was any point in hiding it, so I told her I had bought those things as a Christmas gift to her. I thought she'd be grateful, but she was irritated instead, and went on a big rant about how it was unfair to count things for the baby as a Christmas gift to her because it was something we'd both use, and no one ever gifts the father baby stuff, and that it was inconsiderate of me to see her only as a mother now and not as a person herself. Now, I get her point, but the way I see it is that the items themselves aren't necessarily the gift, but more so the act of me buying them for her, given that they are luxuries that she specifically wanted and not the necessities at all. Ergo, uh, paying $2,000 for a pram versus $200. That just seems that just seems like excessive and wasteful. So as a gift, you got her like excessive waste. Cool. Also, it wasn't the only gifts I bought her. I got her about a dozen smaller, cheaper things that were on my list, as well as a, as a more expensive tennis bracelet and earring set that she had been eyeing, though I didn't mention that to her. So am I the astronaut for including things for the baby as part of her Christmas gifts? Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but yeah, uh, this is probably like the equivalent of somebody you know, getting their wife a vacuum for Christmas, but making it a bougie vacuum. And you can't do that. You'd be like, yeah, well, you really wanted the bougie vacuum. It doesn't matter. You don't get the bougie vacuum for Christmas. You don't get anything related to work. And yeah, a baby's work. And yeah, it's something for the household, right? Like household gifts. And there are some exceptions to that, but only if they've explicitly requested that thing as a Christmas thing. It's is the kind of thing that is should probably be baby registry related. And I understand now, now if you had said here and I'm a little confused about the setup here because you said you did get her some other things. And if the other things, if you had mentioned that that wasn't all you got here, you got these as bonus things. And also you could have got yourself out of this mess by saying, um, yeah, I got these for us and not these as your Christmas gifts. If you didn't remove any of what you would be buying her for Christmas, Anyway, 
to buy these things saying that probably would have solved everything and then these are just a an on top of thing not necessarily a christmas gift it's a gift for you guys it's a gift for the baby like put the baby's name on them do something i i feel like withholding the information that you got these other things probably probably has you in more trouble than you should be in here if your fiance or girlfriend is your partner if if she's under the impression that that all you got her was baby related stuff, then there's a, there's a miscommunication here. Right. Uh, but in general, I feel like, I feel like you can't get baby stuff for your, for your pregnant partner as birthday gifts or Christmas gifts or any other kind of non baby related function kind of thing. Right. I feel it. I feel that thing. Um, now, you know, luxury stuff like luxury items are a gift. I got a vacuum and I loved it. If you had specifically said, I want this, that's a different kind of thing. If it was a bougie, a bougie extra kind of thing, they can't all in. And I think if you also sandwich that, if you do it, but then have other stuff, it takes some, it removes that element of it as well. Right. But if it's something that they specifically wanted this, these were things that she specifically wanted, but they were on a registry that that's also the part of this that I don't understand. Um, when you have a baby on the way, probably should have been putting that money back because you're going to need all kinds of stuff that you're not thinking about right now. And the bougie things that you got because she specifically wanted them could have been purchased by somebody off the registry as well. Maybe they would have been, maybe they wouldn't, it doesn't matter. It's done. However, uh, I feel like this falls within the getting a gift for someone that, that is the equivalent of, of work or a household gift. But again, I feel like if you had already bought her all these individual true gifts for her that were Christmas gifts and not baby gifts. And she just doesn't know that yet. This could just be a miscommunication. That could be it. And if you, if these are just on top of just put the baby's name on them or put like to your family on them and then you're all good. Um, I don't, I don't know, man. Um, I feel like it's a miscommunication. So the, the question here is, so am I the astronaut for including things for the baby as part of her Christmas gifts? I, now, let me back up for a second, because you said something in here that I, I do understand deeply. You listen for cues when people say they like something or want something. You note it. I do the same thing. I note when Candy Thunder says that she really likes things or wants things uh, because I want that direct information to be able to buy gifts that are things that I know she's really going to want too. I understand that when it came down to buying these baby related things, I feel like there was a fork in the road. You're like, where you had to decide at some point, yes, it's for the baby, but, but would she appreciate it as a Christmas gift for herself? And you decided, yes, I think part of that was probably fueled by the fact that you had all these other things that were not baby related. So I truly, truly, truly believe this is probably a miscommunication more than anything. And I feel like there is a pivot from it that you can make. Um, there is a play it safe kind of mandate. If you don't know, if you don't know, play it safe. Don't get vacuums or blenders or anything that could potentially be taken as a slight baby stuff is a new one. Hadn't heard of that before, but I think it's, it's within the same kind of vein of things. It's, it's a household like work related thing. And even though it is the bougie thing that she wanted, it's not really for her. It's for the family and for the baby. If I got you baby related things, candy thunder for Christmas, how would you have reacted along with a dozen other gifts? Okay. But, but, but you didn't know that yet. If you didn't know that you had a dozen other gifts, if you just if you just thought that you were getting only baby related gifts, would you be upset? She's thinking about it, which means yes. Uh, and I, I think I, 
And that I think so. She said I would feel less like a person and more just like a mom. And that I think is the problem that that OP's partner here had as well. If if you had either disclosed that 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 wasn't all that you got her, this was just bonus stuff. Um, if you just use if you use that word right and said bonus and said if you had clarified it somehow i think you would be in the hot water that you had right now and because you have those other gifts i agree i don't think you're the asshole for doing this i think it is a communication problem here um, and i think hopefully by now since christmas has come and she got all those other individual things that were truly gifts for her hopefully it's just self it's this problem is solved itself and it's not an issue anymore I, it is just a communication thing she was under the impression. Yes, thank you. She was under the impression that uh, that all she was getting was baby stuff. And then she just felt like she was 100 percent a mom and nothing more. And that's that was the problem here. Uh, okay, next story here is from the True Off My Chest subreddit and is titled, My Neighbors Abandoned Their Daughter in Another City and Told Her to Find a Way Home Herself. Uh, Awkward Nick Miller, Panic Moonwalk. I can't believe it. I just got home from this and I'm so mad. My mom already told me she will make sure Child Protection Services will be involved here. I don't like this story already. I'm a 22-year-old guy who lives in Europe. I'm still living with my parents as I don't see any reason to move out anytime soon. The longer I live here, the more money I can save and the more I have when I move out. We live in a house with four other families. We are good friends with the neighbors next door, but my parents don't have the best relations with the neighbors upstairs. They have a five-year-old daughter who I only talked to a few times. From what I know, she is in daycare after school so that someone takes care of her until her parents get her. However, it seems that today she went home by herself, even though she wasn't allowed to do that because they were concerned she might get kidnapped or anything. What an irony for what happened next. To teach her a lesson, her parents drove her to another town, gave her a bit of money, and told her to find a way home if she is so capable of taking care of herself, and then they drove off. She didn't know about the bus and train timetables, nor nor did she know anything. She was just left there. She's five. This is a five-year-old kid. Now let's get to me. I just left my workplace to get home. I don't have a driver's license yet, even though I'm currently trying to get one. But for now, I still have to use the train. Luckily for her, my workplace was in the same town that her parents abandoned her at. She found her way to the train station, but didn't know what to do next. She saw me when I was just ordering some food from a food stand at the train station and shook my arm. I was surprised to see her. How freaking serendipitous to just randomly find this guy who lived in her building in another town. I noticed she had teary eyes. She had cried recently. I asked her what she was doing here, and she told me everything and asked if she could stay with me. I agreed to let her stay with me, and we drove home together. It was even more effed up to let her stay in this town in particular, because in order to get home by train, you would have to switch trains twice on the way. There was just no way a little child like her could have done that. When we got home, I told my mom, and we confronted our neighbors about it, and her mother opened the door. We yelled at her, what was she thinking, and she explained that this was a lesson her daughter needed to learn and explained what she did. She didn't show any sign of guilt. Even after we reminded her that leaving her daughter alone in a strange town shortly after complaining she might get herself kidnapped is a bit hypocritical, to say the least. So we will get CPS involved. She and her husband willingly put her daughter's life in danger. I feel bad for her daughter. She will be traumatized by this. Sure, she shouldn't have walked home by herself if that was the rule, 
but they went too far with their punishment. What bothers me even more is the fact that I failed my practical test for my driver's license a few days ago. If I had passed that, I wouldn't have been there to take her home, and she would have still been there herself. Uh, okay, these people are ASCON one dipshit, not worthy of of having a child in their lives, asshole, evil, shit brick, worthless human beings. You know how terrified I would be if our five-year-old kid was able to leave preschool and walk home themselves? Like, was it was able to do that? I, so many red flags would go up. I would be concerned for their safety. I wouldn't be mad at them. I would be so flipping out that the people who are supposed to be in their life protecting them failed at their jobs. And the reaction to this is to reinforce those structures, not to try to teach this five-year-old kid a lesson about this is, uh, this is bullshit. Do not like it. Not a fan of this kind of shit. The fact that they were willing to do this means that they did not care if they ever saw her again. That's the bottom line. This child, for their own safety, cannot stay there. Hopefully, CPS jumps in and gets her out of this situation because these people do not give any shits at all. They were probably hoping they never saw her again, and that is so fucked up. Ah! That's where it gets so freaking tricky, right? Because... We have so many kids in situations like this out there that that we can't save. That we can't, you know, until something like this happens, you can't save them. And it's just heartbreaking to know that every day. And so the flip side of that coin is, is like so grateful to have stable homes and families to be able to support our own kids in and know that we're able to give them that. It is just... Uh, it's infuriating. It is infuriating. And the things that I would do to people like this, we can't talk about. But it pisses me off. This is one from the AITA subreddit as well and is titled, Am I the Askinoff for not buying Christmas presents for my nephew? I have two children, 21 male and 18 female. My younger brother has two children, 25 female and 22 male. And my older brother has three children, 30 male, 26 female and 6 male. This is about my older brother, Jake, and his youngest son, Timmy, who is 6. When our children were growing up, my brothers and I had an agreement that we'd buy each of our nieces and nephews Christmas presents until they were 18. There was never an expectation to spend a certain amount of money just to have something for them to unwrap. However, when Jake's daughter turned 18 and we started sending him family presents instead of individual presents for each of them, he stopped sending presents for our children too, despite our prior agreement. We argued about this a few times considering we spent more years buying for his children than he did ours, but eventually we just settled that we are on Christmas card terms and did not expect presents from him, nor did we send any. My younger brother and I still send each other family presents every year, like a big box of chocolates or something. And when Jake found out about this, he was furious. 
He thought that we just didn't do gifts anymore. But since we do, he feels entitled to six years of gifts on Timmy's behalf. I said that that was ridiculous because he was the one that broke the agreement. His older children got 18 years of presents for me while my children were 12 and 10 the last time they received something from him. Unfortunately, this came to a head at my aunt's wake where Jake and his partner confronted me and my wife demanding to know why I didn't care enough to send Timmy Christmas presents like I had his older children. His partner, who was not his older son's mother, was very prickly about this. I explained that it was not that I had anything against the boy personally, but with his older children, we had an agreement to send presents to each other's children. He had broken said agreement when his daughter aged out of it, and that I saw no reason why I should be obliged to spend money on his son when he has not done so for my children. He gave me a plethora of excuses and said that it was unfair to punish his son for his mistake. Ah, the sins of the father. He demanded that I buy Timmy something to make up for lost time. I asked if he was going to make up for the many years of my children missed out too, but he just called me an asshole. Oh, so his own logic, he won't, uh, he won't respect. Yeah. He's got the hypocrite card going on there. My wife, my younger brother and his wife are obviously on my side, but a couple of family members have mentioned that they do think it is unfair that I am punishing Timmy for his father's actions and that Jake is not the financial position he was when his other children were growing up. So he already worries Timmy's holidays are inadequate compared to the photos of his previous Christmases when his other children were young. I genuinely do not dislike my nephew. I hardly know him in all honesty. And while I do not think I'm entirely in the wrong here, I do think I might be being too stubborn. Am I the astronaut? Wow, this sounds like a fun family to be a part of. Would you guys drop a fucking contract for Christmas to be able to send each other presents? And you're like, oh, well, you, you uh, I'm sorry, you're, you are uh, breaching the contract here, brother. And by that fact, like, this is just so fucking petty back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And I understand your siblings and that probably doesn't help anything here, but gee, ugh. I feel like, I feel like getting your family together and just being like, everybody grow the fuck up. Okay. We'll start there. Everybody grow up. Stop the bullshit and quit trying to force people to buy gifts. It is not a gift if you are forced to buy it. It's a penance. Quit trying to force each other to buy gifts. That's not how that's supposed to work at all. Now, I understand where you're coming from. And, and like he, he broke the system that you guys had going. And that was, that was the end of it. And I understand if you didn't keep it that way for everybody, like there's, there's family dynamic bullshit going on all over the place here. He can't force you to buy gifts, buy gifts. If you want to buy gifts, if you don't want to buy gifts, don't buy gifts. Don't make it because some kind of petty tit for tat bullshit. If that's what's fueling you to do or not do something, then check that. Right. But if you feel compelled to buy gifts for your nephew because you want to, then do it. If you do not feel compelled to buy gifts for your nephew, then don't do it. It is as simple as that. There is so much petty drama being thrown back and forth in this family that if I was the father in this family, I'd be like, all right, enough. Everybody go to your room. They're like, we're 30 years old, dad. I'm like, I don't care. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yes. Let the petty confetti fly good call we got the petty confetti rocking there it's it's just a bunch of petty bullshit so the the question here maybe maybe i'm reacting a little harshly about this but am i the ask not for not buying christmas presents for my nephew no you wouldn't you also wouldn't be an asshole for buying a christmas present for your nephew like eh, this is one of those do what you want things where 
your actions should align with your goals. Is your is your goal here to like try to strengthen that bond? Is it try is, is it to try to repair the relationship that you have with your brother? If so, do it. If you don't care, then don't do it. Knowing that that there is some personal conflict going on with your brother here as well, it's not just about it's not just about the structure. It's not just about you guys sending gifts to other family members. It is about him being worried that he is not going to be able to provide the Christmas that he could previously provide for his other kids for his youngest son. That is probably the major driver in all of this that is fueling him. It's his insecurity that has flared this thing up all of a sudden. And I think that goes back to your relationship with him as well. It's like understanding where he's at. Do you feel more compelled to help or not? Action should align with your goals. Think about what you want to accomplish here and follow that path. All right, this is a cake reward story. It is also a follower submitted cake reward story. Here we go. This is titled, Am I the Astronaut for Making Dessert with Expired Ingredients? Hey, Dusty, I'm a longtime fan and love watching your advice and listening to your feedback. Thank you. I need your help on this one, and I think I might be the astronaut, and also I may have ruined Christmas. Oh, shite. This year, it was my wife and I's turn to host Christmas for our family. We were very excited as this was our first time hosting in our new home. We went all out with the full Christmas dinner spread, and we decided that we wanted to make everything, and we weren't going to ask anyone to bring anything. We were very focused on making sure that the main course was perfect, that we didn't spend a lot of time on dessert. My wife had a few small Christmas candies she had made, and we luckily had a Marie Callender's pie in the freezer, but we still needed a bit more. I looked through the pantry and found some cake mix. I decided that I would make a batch of cupcakes. I like to bake every now and then, so I didn't think much of it. The recipe called for milk, and instead of using the canned frosting we had, I had some cream cheese in the fridge, so I thought I would make homemade cream cheese frosting. I looked at the date on both the milk and cream cheese, and unfortunately, they were both expired. However, I did the old smell test, and both smelled fine and not spoiled, so I decided to use them. I should add that it was 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, and nothing was open, so I couldn't run to the store and get new ingredients. The cupcakes looked great, and we were all set for hosting Christmas brunch with the family. The morning of the brunch went off without a hitch. All of our family is local, so every everyone spent all day at our house, and the celebration went into the evening. Around 7 p.m., my wife started complaining that her stomach hurt. I thought that was strange because I was feeling queasy myself. Next thing I know, my mother-in-law, sister-in-law, and nephew all started looking green and making their way to the bathrooms. My seven-year-old niece said, I don't feel good, and next thing you know, her Christmas brunch was all over the kitchen floor. We couldn't figure out what was going on. Everyone except for my father-in-law, mom, and brother were feeling sick. My wife asked what the hell was going on. If I wasn't sick to my stomach already, I was about to be. I asked everyone if they had a cupcake. Everyone who was sick had eaten one. I was so embarrassed. I fessed up to using expired ingredients and everyone was furious, especially my wife. I feel terrible about ruining Christmas. Am I the astronaut for using out-of-date ingredients and making everyone sick? I gotta know how expired it was, right? Like, you know, because putting myself in a similar position, if it's like one or two days and it still smells okay, yeah, I'm gonna use it. Candy Thunder's looking at me like, you telling me? Hey, I helped make the ooey gooey cookies for for Christmas, and I screwed them up. But but I still helped. I we were making ooey gooey. I was like, how can I help? Because she was she was in the kitchen trying to do a hundred things, and I'm like, put me put me in, coach. I'm ready to play. Um, so she's like, okay, you can do this, this, and this, and I'm like, I got it, I got it. And I start 
doing all these things and we take one batch of these cookies out of the oven, put them on the cooling rack and we're batching more in and I'm trying to clean up the workspace area and I pick up the cake mix box and one of them is heavy and I'm like, oh no. Yeah, they didn't look right in the oven. They weren't setting up right. They looked a little flatter. Uh, And I picked that one box up and I was like, oh no, I'm dead. She gonna kill me. So I'm like, ah, ah. So we took everything we had already like scooped out and formed to put the next batch in, threw it back into the bowl, put the cake mix in, mixed it all together, and it was fine. Uh, but yeah, I still screwed it up. But the screwed up ones actually tasted really good. They were just not as fluffy. I don't, it must have been bad, 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 right? To make everybody like insta-sick all at the same time together. Also, I imagine this going off like bridesmaids when everybody gets sick from the Indian food and somebody's somebody's like mounted on the sink and somebody's like squatting in the middle of the driveway and like it's just it's not good. It's every there are only so many bathrooms in a house, right? If everybody gets sick, something bad is about to go down. But if it was super expired or or more than like a day or two expired, um then yeah, it's an obvious risk. What would be the harm in just not making cupcakes at that point? Assuming, you know, you had other stuff. So we're just, I don't know. Yeah, bad meat would do that. I mean, dairy, yeah. <laughs> got the bubbly guts. For Christmas, they, we got you all the bubbly guts for Christmas. <laughs> After dessert, we will all be having, um, yes, another dessert. Bubbly gut pie. Am I the astronaut for almost turning my grandmother into the ghost of Christmas past? My entire family and I think it would be hilarious, a hilarious idea to play a little Christmas prank on our grandmother. She is a nice old lady, but could sometimes be a bit cold and does not particularly have the greatest sense of humor. Hence the reason we chose her to prank. We bounced a few ideas around, but decided that we didn't want to do anything too crazy. So my cousins and I led the charge on the prank, but the whole family was in on it, adding to our special gift. We had our Christmas party at my mom's house, and it was great. Everyone was opening presents, and we had gotten my grandmother a lovely little set of dangly earrings, and things were going well. My cousins and I stepped away to bring in the grand finale, a big, beautifully wrapped gift box with a tag that read, For Grandma. She looked pleasantly surprised and began unwrapping the box. When she opened it, I think she genuinely turned snow white. It was a box full of, well, adult items. Everyone in the family had pitched in and gotten a little funny item. I'm sure you can get the idea and brought them to my cousins and I so we could set up the gift box. My grandmother simply closed the box, stood up and excused herself. We all burst out into laughter. It had gone perfectly or so we thought. About 20 minutes had passed and we began to wonder if we took it too far and I went to check on my grandma. She had excused herself to the guest bedroom. I knocked on the door a few times, but there was no answer. I began to get worried, so I finally just pushed the door open and was met with a string of delicately woven insults that came flying out of my grandmother's mouth in a way that I've never heard this old-fashioned woman speak before in my entire life. They went something along the lines of, How dare you all do this to me? How dare you all purchase such items? Do you live in a whorehouse? Have I wandered into a brothel? Have I raised a pack of devil children? You think giving me these tainted items is funny? You look like death's head upon a mop stick. You're all white-livered scoundrels. Damn you all. I, what is a white-livered scoundrel? I don't know. Um, I don't know what I'm more impressed by here. If I'm more impressed that this all came out of her mouth or that Opie remembered this whole string of insults that she chucked out here. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
As she proceeded to slam the door shut, she didn't think it was quite as funny as we did. But the rest of Christmas went on just fine. And eventually, the ghost of Christmas past wandered out into the land of the living to slice herself a piece of apple pie. Though I still feel a bit bad. Maybe it was too much. Are we assholes for this? It could have been worse because I thought whenever you opened that door, um, she had like... <laughs> Thought maybe she had pocketed one of the items. <laughs> I mean, if she was looking for revenge, that would have turned you into the ghost of Christmas past. That'd be the way to do it. Yeah. So the question here is, am I the astronaut for almost turning my grandmother to the ghost of Christmas past? Uh, you know, I, I think you got to know your audience here. And, and if she like really got upset by it, then you probably are an asshole for it. Just, just knowing, you know, knowing where the line is and then dancing on it, maybe taking a step or two over it, but not going way past. Uh, I think it's funny as hell. Clearly she didn't. And if the person, if the person getting pranked doesn't think it's funny, it's too far. That's the general rule, right? Is that, is that fair? Uh, I, I think if the person who gets pranked doesn't think the prank is funny, it's not really a prank. It's just mean. Yeah. I, I mean, I would laugh my ass off if someone had did that too. If someone had done that, uh, I'd start, th- I'd start throwing them all at people in the, yeah. But my dad, uh, is made very uncomfortable by any kind of poop talk and me and my sisters still get him like poop themed cards for his birthday and stuff. So we're probably the assholes for that. Cause it, you know, we do something that intentionally makes him uncomfortable. So, uh, we think it's funny, but he's the person that we're pranking and he probably doesn't, doesn't. Uh, doesn't think it's funny so so yeah by that same logic like i'm i'm an asshole that's not a surprise i'm an asshole me being an asshole is not a surprise ladies and gentlemen but i'm just realizing that in in this scenario if i apply it to the same thing with my dad and our poop themed cards that yeah i'm i probably need to stop doing that Hey, Dusty Thunder here, and I wanted to thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed that content, and if you did, please make sure to like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. Also, you can find swag and so much more at dusty-thunder.com, and you'll find even more content on all of our platforms. We're on TikTok, YouTube. We now have an official Facebook page that we'll be posting stories to as well. We have podcasts on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and so much more. You can see all of our content platforms on Linktree, which is linked in my bio. Engage with us wherever you're enjoying content and do your best to avoid the Askonauts today. Thanks again.